Eternal Heavenly Father, we truly are grateful to have this opportunity, a blessed Sabbath day that thou hast given us, Lord, and even though in small number we know that thy Holy Spirit is present, and we humbly ask, Lord, that thou wouldst bless each and every one that have come. We ask for strength for the serving brother that would be serving. Lord, grant inspiration and wisdom, Lord, and words that would mainly glorify thy name and praise thee, Lord, for what thou art doing, and Lord, and then also we pray that thy holy word would touch our hearts and speak to us, for only thou art able to know what is in our heart and the needs that we have. And we come, Lord, in humility, asking from thee that thou wouldst richly bless us from thy word. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. <clears throat> Uh, last weekend in our congregation, um, I had a message that the Lord laid upon my heart, an encouragement to believers in Christ Jesus and also to those that desire to become believers and perhaps uh, even those that are sitting on the fence, uh, not sure, you know, and uh, are really struggling with faith and um, understanding the Word of God and the Gospel message. But we know that the Holy Spirit can give each and every one of us an understanding as we would approach God's Word and be inspired by God's Word and be taught by God's Word. And this morning in this setting, as always, God is willing to speak to our heart. And I was encouraged on a particular passage in the Scriptures, and that was in John chapter 17. The Gospel of John chapter 17 was that uh, priestly prayer that Jesus had. He had told his disciples that in this world you'll have tribulation and trial, but fear not, for I've overcome the world. And he, shortly after this prayer, we read in the scriptures, the very next chapter in John's gospel, we see Jesus captured and uh, taken away from his disciples, and they were scattered and concerned and worried and frightened of what was going to happen. And uh, so that's the setting. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to read this uh, Gospel of John, chapter 17. Let's, let's really be attentive what Jesus is praying for. Let's begin in verse 1. These words spake Jesus, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And I have manifested thy name unto men, which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. 
Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto thee the for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out of out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou hast given me, and I have kept. And none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and to these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy full in themselves. I have given them my word, and the word hath, the, I have given them my word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take him out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even, even so I have sent also them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast gave, given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and would declare it that thou, that, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. May we bow our, our knees before the Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the words that we read together this morning of the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who is at the right hand of the Heavenly Father interceding for us here on earth, Lord, as we face challenges each day. And we know, Lord, that Thou hast given us strength from above to be able to overcome things that would come our way. But we're frail and we're in flesh and blood and we, we need to come to Thee, O Lord, as we, fee we feel so need needful that to pray unto Thee, to, to ask of Thee humbly that Thou would strengthen our faith and our love for Thee. Lord, we're grateful for Thy words of life, for their encouragement to us and their life eternal. And we pray that wherever Thy word is open today, Lord, that Thy Holy Spirit may prick the hearts of men and women, Lord, young and old, that they would be aware that the time that we live in is crucial time. It's a time of confusion, Lord, and we just pray that You would help us, that we would be faithful and that we would look to Thee for guidance and wisdom. We know, Lord, that Thy Word is wisdom. We pray, Lord, that You would bless this small gathering and bless Thy Word into our hearts. And may each and every one of us leave this place refreshed and blessed, Lord, and to know that Thou hast been present with us with Thy Holy Spirit. We humbly pray, Lord, that Thou would strengthen Thy servant as we would look at these words of life that we read. We pray for inspiration, for clarity of mind, that we would know, Lord, that Thou art the one that can give words. Thou art the comforter. Thou art the one that loves us so much. We pray, Heavenly Father, bless us now as we have desire to hear from Thee, O Lord, and through Thy Word. In Jesus' name we pray all things. Amen. The journey of life is uh, a difficult one. I think we all can relate to, to this life and the journey of this life. At times, how difficult it could be. The challenges that we face each day. And sometimes we, we face real, real difficult things in life. At times, we don't even know where to turn. You know, it seems that we, we just, we're so um, bombarded with so many things. And I think that all of us would really want to have a simpler life. But somehow life just brings us a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, opportunities and, and um, you know, things that we can pursue. And at least in this country, at least in North America. But when we look at other countries, they're suffering. And they're struggling with the daily needs of life. And so they have their you know, sets of issues that perhaps we don't. But in every country, in every part of the world, we know that the Spirit of God is, is roaring, roaming around, seeking those that look to Him for understanding of life and guidance. And Jesus, the Son of God, He was on this earth. Uh, we know that you know, He came on this earth with a... A message, the message of hope, and that's the gospel story, which is the, the good news. The good news. And what is that good news? Is that what did Jesus see? We know that when Jesus came on this earth and uh, he became a full, um, mature man, uh, he saw that people were in desperate need 
of, of a savior. And he saw people in darkness and in bondage to sin and to addictions, to, to all sorts of things that they were in bondage to. And there was no one that could free them, no matter who they were. They weren't able to free them. And even if they got a bit of relief, they still had a conscience and they still had a heart that, that was filled with evil. And the conscience that, that, that kept reminding them of the evil that this life we see, Lord, many, uh, we see that many are entangled in. So as I thought about this theme of, of uh, you know, intercession, you know, Jesus is the intercessor. We, we uh, haven't read, but the chapter before, he says here that these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In this world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Words of Jesus. Jesus experienced tribulation and trials, didn't he? I mean, he experienced a lot of resistance when he brought this message. People didn't accept the message. They hated him. And it's, it's interesting, even today, when you bring the message to, to a person that you have been led by God to, uh, to expound upon God's word, if, if when the person, it, when someone is in sin and you bring truth to them, they, they don't like it. You know, it's like you're exposing them. You know, I once uh, experienced having a message. I forgot which church it was, but... Uh, and it was, a, it was a gospel message, and that individual said to someone else that was in the pew, he says, it seems like that man knows exactly my life. How does he know my life? I mean, what, how does he know that? Well, you know, God knows that we pray together, that God is the only one that is able to, to see our hearts and the needs that we have. And I'm sure that every one of us here, we have needs. I know I do. And all of us have needs. But in particular, God had really pricked my heart in thinking about, you know, when I, when I you know, the past, past couple of months, two or three months, we were doing a rental in our church, and, uh, and then I, I run a small business, so, you know, bombarded with clients, and then we have the rental, and then all of the things started piling up, uh, you know, everything at one time, and I just was overwhelmed, you know, and I usually can take a lot of, a lot of stress, you know, but... But I, there was a moment that I was extremely overwhelmed with what was going on. And I thought, how am I going to survive these months? How am I going to be able to, uh, you know, be effective at church and counseling and, um, in, you know, doing business with my clients and, and, and then at church as well? So everything, when everything just kind of hit me so hard, I thought, wow, you know, where am I going to get the strength? And then... As I always do before I come to church, uh, when it's my, my time to, you know, my turn to, to preach, days ahead, I, uh, I open the scriptures and allow the Lord to speak to me and what is necessary. And Lord, what is it that you see that the church needs to hear? And, and uh, you know, give me some scripture. And I did that, you know, before last weekend, all of a sudden, this, this chapter came up. And I thought, wow, this, this is amazing. It's an encouraging chapter of Jesus praying and interceding for all of us. So he experiences life as we experience it today. And, but his experience was devastating. He had a hard life and, and, and resistance so much from his own. At the end, even his own 12 abandoned him. 
And they were so uh, worried and scared and because of such persecution on the church. And we see that, you know, at this point, he is now praying for his disciples. First, we read that he prays for himself, that the Father would strengthen him, and that he, would, he had glorified God by taking the message that God had given him, his heavenly Father, and it brought it to the world, and he fulfilled his mission. He prays and thanks the Lord, thanks the heavenly Father for, for giving him this, this strength and that he was able to do it. And then we read together, immediately he prays for his disciples, and we see in verse 6. He prays for his disciples who were taught by him and were shown through his example, beautiful example of what it means to be a believer, what it means to live a life in this world, a focused life, a holy life, a faithful life, a life that draws people to him. If you notice that the life of Jesus, that he had traveled on foot, and we see that <clears throat> people went to him, and they, they, at times he was, he was overwhelmed with the amount of people that came and wanted to hear words that were coming out of his mouth. These words were words of life, encouragement, hope, and they had such great desire to hear what he had to say. We know in the Gospels the beautiful um, works of the Lord that Jesus did with so many by healing, raising the dead, feeding thousands of people. The needs of, of people were there and he was taking care of their, their uh, physical needs. But the opportunity was great for him that as people gathered, he also gave them the words of life, the words of hope. And what an encouragement that they must have experienced by hearing Jesus. My dear brothers and sisters who are in Christ, who have been uh, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, the message to you, as it, the message was for me, that Jesus is at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. We know He is interceding for us. And why? Because Jesus knows what we go through. Our dear friends that are here that are not in Christ Jesus but have a desire, Jesus is also interceding for you as well, that you also may find hope in Christ Jesus, may find joy in Christ Jesus, and that there would be a, 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 a set and free of those that are in captive in sin. We know that Jesus is the one that sets us free. Every one of us were in sin, captive in sin, and we needed a Savior to free us from sin because you can't free yourself. You can't free yourself. I know that all of us perhaps have tried to uh, walk a, a life that would be pleasing to God and try to, try to clean our lives up, but it doesn't work because we just don't have the strength that comes from God, the ability the wisdom that comes from God alone. We, we, we're, we have good desires, and that's wonderful. That's from the Lord as well. But we're not capable of setting ourselves free. It is only through Jesus Christ that one can be set free. And we only are going to be set free if we acknowledge our sinful state. 
And if there's a, a great desire to be set free, you know, we are set free when we come to Jesus as we are with acknowledgement that I can't do anything. There's nothing that I can do, no matter how much I know, no matter how much scripture I can, you know, I, I know. I, I can't set myself free. But Jesus, you can. And we know that Jesus can. My dear brother and sister in the Lord, we have experienced Jesus setting us free. He broke those chains that were on our wrists and ankles. I often use this analogy when I counsel souls that cry out to God because they can't set themselves free. I say your position now is I want you to, to picture this in your mind. I said, imagine yourself on the floor with two links on your wrists and two links on your ankles and you cannot move and you're in darkness in a dark room. How, do you, how would you feel? He said, well, I'd be so scared. Well, that's how it is when someone is in deep sin, can't free themselves. And Jesus offers this freedom. He offers to come into our hearts and our lives that he can set us free because that's his desire. That is God's will. The scripture tells us that it is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of truth, that all should understand and come and acknowledge him as, as our Lord and our Savior. He is our Lord and our Savior. We must acknowledge him. So as I pray to the Lord for this particular chapter, that the Lord would uh, bring to me um, and to my attention, what are, the, what are the, the things that Jesus is interceding for us today? And as I thought about that, there were five things that, that came to my mind, the things that Jesus, I believe, is interceding for us today. Number one, the number one thing I believe that Jesus is interceding for us today and praying to the Father is that our courage is strengthened. Our courage we know that we lose courage sometimes. Sometimes we feel um, as, as though we're abandoned, but that's never true. God is always there. But courage is something that we struggle with, is to have the courage for tomorrow. We know that tomorrow is another day, if God permits. We know that we're not gonna, it's not gonna be easy. There are gonna be challenges. So as a believer, we pray to the Lord, please help me that I may be courageous, that I would have courage. Jesus had courage. He took his own cross and they laid it on his back. He carried it to Golgotha Hill. Everyone was mocking him. It took a lot of courage to do what Jesus did. I believe that Jesus is interceding today at the right hand of the Father, that you and I may have courage and not lose courage. I think all of us, when we pray to God, we pray for courage, that our courage would be strengthened. Especially nowadays, we see the world is upside down. We're, we're 
challenged in so many ways at workplaces, at schools, in our society, our governments. I mean, look at what's going on in this world. A believer needs courage. We can lose courage quickly if we start to wander away from God. That is why we come here, that we would be encouraged. You know, when we read God's word, our courage is strengthened because we see the beautiful messages that it has for us as Jesus speaks. He prays to the Father for his disciples. The second aspect I feel that is, you know, the Lord really spoke to my heart is steadfastness, to be steadfast. In this faith that God has given us, it's not an easy road. The Bible tells us that the Broadway, you'll find a lot of people on the Broadway because it's smooth and broad and it's joyous and temporal pleasures and it's filled with that. And everyone that walks on this broad path at some point or another hits a dead end and says, what, what is this? This is nothing. I thought it was more than this. I thought life was more than this. But the Bible tells us that the narrow path is very narrow. It's deep and thorny. And it's a difficult path. A lot of, lot of issues. But yet, you know, there's someone that walks beside us that carries us through the narrow path. And that is Jesus. One thing for sure that the disciples saw in Jesus, his steadfastness. In every situation, every circumstance that Jesus found himself, he was steadfast. He knew that he needed to endure the trials that he went through. He demonstrated beautifully what it means to be steadfast. I believe that Jesus today is praying for us that we would be steadfast, not easily moved, not easily tangled again in the affairs of this life. We read in Colossians, Paul found it so important to to encourage the believers in Colossians 3, set your affections on things above. Things above. And yet we find ourselves in, in the journey of life sometimes setting our affections on things of the earth. And it may not be a bad thing. It may not be something simple, God forbid. But it may not be a simple thing. It could be setting our affections on something that, that it's okay. But if we, we overindulge, if we over outweigh, you know, our affections towards God with something else, now we're in the danger zone that it could be an idol to us. we got to be careful. So Paul was right when he told the believers in Colossae, set your affections on things above. We need to be told too. The scripture tells us, set your affections on things above. On things above, otherwise you will not be steadfast. Otherwise, you'll be moved. You'll find yourself wandering away from God and the path that he has set you on. I think every one of us, if we want to be honest with ourselves, in our journey of life as Christians, we find sometimes we're off the path. Not intentionally. But sometimes, you know, just the confusion and the the weakness of our flesh and blood gets the better of us. And we find ourselves drifting. 
And then we find ourselves that I'm not as steadfast as I should be. And thankful to, we're thankful to the Lord and, and the leading of the Holy Spirit. He brings to our attention, we need to go back. Go back where? To feed our inner man, the Word of God. The Word of God is spiritual manna. And we need to feed ourselves from spiritual manna that we can become strong, that we can be steadfast, to know whom we are serving. The Apostle Paul, in his journey of life as a Christian, it was coming to a close, and he thanked the Lord for, for the, the moments and times that Jesus was always with him. And he acknowledges that I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Never did he take praise and honor and credit for himself. And we know that he was gifted with many gifts. The Lord blessed him, but the Lord also told him that he must suffer a lot. Do you think that the Apostle Paul needed to be steadfast? Absolutely. Every one of us need to be steadfast. We just have to read Romans 7, his letter of the challenges that he had of the natural man, the flesh and blood man, and now the new man in Christ Jesus. He said, I want to do good, but I see present, there's evil here in my flesh and blood. He needed to to overcome all things. And when we think about that, we read in the scriptures as, as the Apostle Paul speaks about this. He says about himself and about the importance of being conquerors and being, um, you know, dying daily to ourselves. He says here in Romans 8, we read, and we know that all good things come, all all things work together, Together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And he says here, who shall lay anything in the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercessions for us. We see, loved ones, that we are called to, to overcome the trials of this life and to be conquerors and more than conquerors. Why? Because Jesus had given us the inspiration or the, the Holy Spirit that indwells within us as he has promised that the Holy Comforter would come into our lives, that we would be victorious and that we would be able to conquer. Loved ones, we are in desperate need of being steadfast in faith. It's like we're in the ship and the waves are so high. Great storm in the sea. The worst thing we can do is jump out. We'll perish. But the best thing we can do is stay in and trust God. Just as Paul had trusted God when he was with those soldiers in that ship. 
None should leave. God will see us through. We need steadfast, steadfastness because if Jesus would not intercede and he would not be interceding for us on this, that we would not be steadfast. The third thing that I believe is very important for us is endurance. Endurance. We see, loved ones, to endure this race. The scripture tells us, he that endureth the race shall receive the crown of life. Not he that starts the race wonderfully and and then he loses hope and loses trust and entangles himself again with the affairs of this life, starts losing uh, hope in Christ and, and finds themselves away from truth. And they find themselves confused and, and oftentimes asking themselves, how did I even get here? How did I get here? We're called to a spiritual race. And every brother and every sister knew very well that we needed to be prepared. We needed to, to be prepared for this race. When we are ready to take on this race, we need to be prepared. How is one prepared when one looks to God always for wisdom? Every step of the way, we seek the wisdom of God that he would give us the wisdom and that we would know that our enemy is not kind and he's never going to be kind. That our enemy is going to go after us the day we call upon God and are become a, the family of God is the day that we declare war with our enemy and he is not a kind person. An evil spirit. There are many evil spirits in this world and we know that he is after those that have chosen to live a life with the Lord and to serve the Lord. It's going to be a difficult one. So we need endurance. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to endure this Christian life of ours. For some, it's a short life. For some, a little longer. But every one of us will have to face death sooner or later, loved ones. We need endurance. I believe Jesus is praying for us that we would endure no matter what may come. Today we have set of challenges, but tomorrow may be more. And we know according to the scripture, as the day draws closer of Jesus coming on this earth, we see that there are more dreadful days ahead, a lot more challenges. Maybe some of us will have to face the decision whether it's Christ or death. I don't know. We know that some of our brothers and sisters in their day, they were faced with this. And look at all the, look at all the, the issues that the early church had. Tremendous amount of persecution. But the Bible tells us, we read in Matthew's Gospel 24, Jesus said, these things are coming. We need endurance. We cannot endure if Jesus isn't with us. We need to draw close to him that he would stay with us, 
that we would never feel abandoned or left alone because the Lord will never leave us. So I believe the Lord is, is interceding for us on our behalf to the Heavenly Father that we would endure, that our endurance would be increased and that we could live lives to please the Lord. The fourth thing that I believe is very important is a consecration life, a consecrated life, a focused life. You know, we need to be focused as Christians, as God's children. We, we see how quickly we can lose that focus, how quickly we can lose that focus. And how do we lose focus? As I said, as Paul said, the apostle, that if we set our affections on things above, that's a focused life. That's a life that lives a life and understands that all everything, everything around me is temporal. The only eternal thing that I have is God. And my focus has got to be upward. That's eternal. The Word of God is eternal. And everything else is temporal. And yet we find ourselves at times drifting because the flesh and blood that we have is our greatest enemy. The flesh and blood that we have is our greatest enemy. That is what gives us trouble. You know, our enemy, can, our, Satan cannot make you do anything unless I decide to. I make that decision. It's my decision because God has given us a free will to decide. But Satan is clever. He knows to use the body of ours, the, all of our body, everything. He knows that. So our, our flesh and blood indeed is our greatest enemy just as Paul the Apostle in Romans said about his own struggle with this flesh and his spirit that desires to do God's will always. A focused life, it requires on our part that we would be spiritually fed each day. Not just reading quickly and going up, but you know, putting time aside to look at God's Word and study God's Word and allow the Lord to speak to us. Do you find yourself sometimes just reading quickly and then going to work? Or reading in the evening but you're tired and you go to bed? And that's good to read. Oh, of course it's good, but studying God's Word, being fed by God's Word requires you know, being attentive, being focused. When we read God's Word, we need to be focused on what we're reading and asking God to reveal the things that we are reading, that we understand it, and how can the principles of God be applied to me? How can I apply these principles, these teachings to my life, that my life would be blessed and encouraged? I need to live a life as a Christian, a focused life, a life that would look to God always, and it's so important to do that. Very important. The Lord is interceding, I believe, for us that we would be focused to not be so easily distracted in this life. He will give us the wisdom to be able to live that life, an undistracted life, a life that looks at the Lord and seeks guidance from God that we can make the right decisions in life. For the Lord desires that we would have a blessed life. And last aspect of, you know, 
of our life that I believe Jesus is interceding for is self-sacrifice, self-denial. To deny ourselves, to die daily to ourselves. We need to die daily, not just sometimes. But dying daily requires really the strength from God and requires that trusting in the Lord that in every situation that I find myself in, when it comes to those temptations that come my way, that cater to the flesh, I must die to to those desires. I have to die to those desires. You know, you, you can't just feed a little of those fleshly desires and think you're going to get away with it. You may get away with it for one or two, two times, but we know that sin, when sin is committed, it grows. It's like that cancer. It will take our life. It will never stay there. So this, this, this lie of just taking a little bit, I'm going to be okay? No, you're not going to be okay. But God is asking because we know that he will give us the strength when we come to that understanding and acknowledging that only he can do this is even those little things, if I die die to that, then Satan has lost the battle. He can't make me do what he wants me to do. But dying to myself is a difficult thing. It's not an easy thing. You know, in a stage of our life, you know, when you're older, you have different sets of temptations. When you're middle age, you have different sets of temptations. And when you're younger, of course, you have a lot of temptation, youthful desires. But all of that is vanity. And yet, you know, God is asking when we come to serve him, he's asking for his children to die daily to themselves. We need to die daily to those things that we know will remove us away from God. We know what they are. We know the things that Satan bombards us with. It's not an easy thing to die daily to yourself. But it is required that the Lord would be honored and glorified and that our lives would be blessed richly. They that endure temptation to the end shall have life eternal. The scripture tells us, they that endure this race to the end will receive that crown, crown of glory, and the entrance in that heavenly kingdom Jesus talked about. Jesus had given the promise to his disciples and to all that would believe in him. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, that ye may be also. That ye may be also. We read in the scriptures, loved ones, encouragement again from the Apostle Peter, a man that we know in the scriptures, we even in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see that Peter had promised the Lord that he would never deny him. He said, I will die with you. And Jesus had to rebuke him because he said, no, actually, you're going to deny me three times. Just imagine how Peter felt. Loved the Lord. Very zealous. But yet, what did he need? He needed intercession to be steadfast, to endure, to be focused, 
he lost control of himself that he did deny the Lord three times. So the manifold temptations and trials that we go through, the Apostle Peter says this. He says, Peter 1, verse 3, says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day, wherein ye greatly rejoice. We greatly rejoice in the promises of Jesus Christ returning to this earth to gather his own. But he says, but though now, meaning now, our life now, for a season, again, for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith may, that the trial of your faith being much more, more precious than of gold, that perisheth through, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So we see the Apostle Peter says and acknowledges that this temporal, um, you know, trials we have in life and the difficulties, this is temporal. And we have a, a, a place that God has prepared. You know, the Word of God speaks to the unconverted so much and those here that have not experienced the peace of God, God is speaking to you that your life is temporal. And your life is only given to you once. You live your life once only. That's it. You don't have a second chance. Just one chance to live your life. And you're blessed to be here to hear words of truth. Are you going to jeopardize this chance? Are you going to go and walk away from here and live your life tomorrow as though you've never heard the word of God? But the promises is for you as well, too, that Jesus is interceding for you as well. He knows your heart. He knows your desires. He knows that you perhaps desire to come to be in Christ. And he also knows reasons why you can't or you, you're not able to do so. He's praying for you as well, that you would be courageous and come while you can. It is so important to be encouraged. And I hope and pray that as the Lord encouraged me through this message, through this portion of scripture, and as our church was encouraged, I hope and pray that all of us would be encouraged. That Jesus is interceding for us. And these aspects that we talked about, these are important things, but these are realities. This is what Jesus is praying for. He knows us better than we know ourselves and for closing just wanted to encourage us that again words of the apostle the apostle paul in the end of his life he lived a life that pleased god almighty and brought the message to 
to the Jews, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Gentiles. He brought it in such a way, according to scripture, that he was a focused brother. He was a focused brother. And he writes this, as the Spirit of the Lord strengthens him. And what an encouragement for all of us. Listen to the words that what he says to all of us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Question mark. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long and we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, and all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8. The Lord is interceding for us and will do so according to scripture until this earth will come to a close. And every eye shall see him as he had left this earth. Every eye shall see him on his hands and his feet, the prince of the nails. He will come in power and in glory with his rewards with him. When the resurrection will take place, according to scriptures we read, some will resurrect in the newness of life, entering and into God's kingdom and eternally being with God, and others will resurrect into eternal damnation, separated from God. It's not God's will. I pray that every one of us that are here in the small group here, that we would be found in God's will to be a child of God, that we can go with our Lord Jesus Christ and be forever with him. He will continue to intercede for us. May he bless our hearts and may we look to him for guidance in this life. And may he continue to draw us closer to one another, that we would love each other fervently, the Bible says, to have the love of the Lord with one another fervently, fervently. May God bless his word.